Okay, so our speaker today is Dr. Cassandra Brown. She was born and raised in Orlando, Florida. She is married to her king and best friend, Anthony Brown, of 22 years, 10 of those years in marital bliss. She is a mother of six blessed children. One is deceased. In 1979, at the age of 14, she gave her life to Christ and was baptized at Gorman Memorial Church of Nazareth in Orlando, Florida. Uh, that is the late Bishop Archie Williams. In 2006, she received ministerial training and served on Dimension International Ministries in Orlando, Florida, leadership team under Dr. Loretta V. Harris. In 2013, she was trained and installed as Associate Pastor of Higher Faith International in Orlando, Florida, under Apostle Nadine and Pastor Alfonso Barclay. She later hearkened to the call to spread the good news through I'm sorry, evangelizing locally and abroad, embracing Isaiah 61.1, aspiring to show herself approved unto God and to rightly divide the word of truth. She has obtained a bachelor's of philosophy and theological, theological I'm sorry, theological theology, if I can talk this morning, 20, and in 2018, and a master's of philosophy and biblical studies in 2019. And 2020, she obtained a doctorate of philosophy, philosophy and biblical studies from Trinity Theological Seminary of South Florida, as well as completing a five-fold ministry class as a member of Majestic Life Church under Dr. Reva Timms Watkins, she is a visionary of Empower International who's been commissioned to turn the world upside down with the gospel while completing missions, assignments, both local and international. She stands watchful as a technical prayer strategist, praying without cease for people around the world believing that the Lord God Almighty is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. So that is our speaker for today, Dr. Cassandra Brown. I have a song that we're going to go ahead and play before we get started. Just let me go ahead and share my screen and get this up here. One minute. Okay, can everybody see my screen? Yes, I can see it. Thank you. Let's go. 
just coming on thank you so much for joining us today we have our speaker on dr cassandra brown i'm going to go ahead and turn the floor over to you dr brown well good morning good morning each and every one um if you would just declare it in the atmosphere or type in your chat i am next i need you to go ahead and declare that you are next I am next. Yeah, we want to just shift our atmosphere. We want to shift our minds. Whatever is on our minds this morning, whatever tasks we have after this Zoom call, we just want to hone in on what uh, is to be said and taught today. Um, I'm believing that uh, some things are going to be confirmed, some things are going to be conferred, and some things are going to be confined in the hearts and minds of each and every individual on this Zoom call today. Um, the title of, or the topic that I'm going to bring forth today is a praying woman with a set mind. I'm going to start out with prayer quickly. Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, we just thank you. We worship, honor, and adore you for who is like unto you. Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning and starting us on our way. We thank you that your mercies are new each and every day. Father, we thank you, Lord, right now that your righteous right hand is upon on this world. The crisis is around the world in Afghanistan, the recovering of uh, victims from earthquakes, floods, fires, plagues, uh, COVID-19, whether it's the Alpha, Delta, the Lambda variants. We know that you are Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the end, uh, that you have uh, your people in the palm of your hand. We pray for the bereaved families, those who are experiencing a time of grief due to death. And we thank you, Lord, that the oil of joy and the garment of praise shall be their portion today. Lord, I thank you right now for the organizer and the host of this event, uh, Dr. Tamara. Um, and I, I pray, Father God, for a restoration of virtue for the speakers who've gone before me. I pray the Lord that you will protect each and every person under the sound of my voice and the homes that are represented. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. 
O Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. Well, today we are going to be talking about a praying woman with a set mind. So I was listening to a local pastor. Um, he was teaching a Sunday school lesson. And what he was talking about was the kind, what kind of woman is this? And so what he gave uh, the audience is he gave four types of women. And I'm going to add to it and I'm going to give you a fifth type of woman at the end of this session. The first woman he described was a spiritual woman. The second one was a social woman. The third was a sensual woman. And the fourth was a silly woman. Well, I just like to give you my definition or my take on each one of these women. For the spiritual woman, I see her as a godly, uh, a holy God-fearing woman. Um, and the social woman is one who desires validation or acceptance. Um, where today's culture has taken the spiritual woman from or is trying to take the spiritual woman. The third one, the sensual woman, um, I believe that we've gone as women from being clothed to unclothed. Um, she's a woman who sells. She's a woman who see, is seen, wants to be seen. And she's a woman who stirs. Now, the silly woman, she's one that desires any and everyone to co-sign on her foolishness. Does anybody know any women like that? Um, in past times, we may have been described as one or all of those women. So I have three points to leave with you today. And the first point is going to be to reset. Reset. The, third, the second point is going to be to realign. And the third point is going to be to recognize. Under the first point, we're going to talk about resetting. The mind is the starting point for behavior. I'm going to say that again. Our mind is the starting point for behavior. Anything that you think about must be true to counter lies. In order to do right, you must think about what is right. Sometimes it takes a resetting of the mind to set the mind. So Romans 12 and two, I'll use as an example. It says, and be not conformed or masquerade to this world Meaning in other translations, do not copy the behavior, customs of this world or American standard version says, do not be, be not fashioned according to this world. I believe that's an embracing of the cultures of the world systems, but be ye transformed by the renewing or the resetting of your mind. We're talking about your mind this morning. We're not talking about anybody else's mind as we often point out what somebody else is doing or what they're not doing. We're talking about your mind, the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Without the resetting or the renewing, you're still going to be functioning with the mind of the old man or the old self, which is an improper function, but yet can be transformed. Hear me loud and clear. You can be transformed, but still have the, old mindset. I'll further prove that to you. Second Corinthians 11 and 14 says, Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light who he once was. So he was transformed, we see here in the scripture, but guess what? He still had the old nature on. Oftentimes we have people that will present themselves to us and they come to us as an angel of light. They may appear to be transformed but there are some conformity that is still lying 
from the old man or the old system or the old way of, of, of thinking. And that's where we have to ask God to give us that spirit of discerning so that we can see through the counterfeit. During the transformation phase, you may have to meditate on a few things to set your mind. Scripture says that whatsoever, whatever things are true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This here suggests that we can control our thoughts or our thought life should be laced by what is good and what's uplifting. We have the ability to choose what we think about. So we're gonna talk about the power of a set mind. Conditioning of the mind can be where you cannot move from a position of restraint to root up the small things used to limit you. I'm gonna say that again. The conditioning of the mind is where you cannot move from a position of restraint to root up the small things that keep you limited. It's, it's not necessarily the big foxes that spoil the vine or the, the big things that will limit us, but it's, sometimes it's just the small things. So I'm gonna share a story with you. And this is a story I made up. <laughs> it may be something sound familiar, but I'm gonna add my skin to it, if you don't mind. So this story is about Zobar the elephant and the zookeeper. The zookeeper tied Zobar the elephant to a small iron stake with a rope around his left foot. He was a baby elephant at that time. But as he grew into or transformed into an adult elephant, it would attempt to move, but the zookeeper would hit it with a large whip, causing it to conform or to be mentally conditioned that it could not or it would not move beyond that point. Even though it was created with the potential to root up the stake and remove itself from the limits. Isn't that true sometimes in life? We tend to have things that'll tie us down. There's a, a starting point and we stay stuck right there. There may be a, a few small things that may hinder us or may cause us to feel that we are incapable or we're not able to move beyond the point of where we are. But the truth be told is we have the potential, we have the innate ability to move beyond the point that is limiting us. So in life, uh, sometimes people pass over you over and over and over for promotions. That can be whether in job or in, in a ministry. Sometimes we're told or made to believe that no one will want us. Too many kids you got, or you don't have enough kids. You're infertile. You're not smart enough. You're overqualified. You're not cute enough. You're not slim enough, or you, even you're not thick enough. Whatever your rope is or your stake looks like, we've been told these things, or sometimes we tell ourselves these things, and it's just like the zookeeper, these things cause us to be limited. So it's time to sh show the zookeepers of your life, you can and you will go beyond the limits that were divinely set, that if they weren't divinely set for you, it's time for you to go beyond the limits. It's called a set mind. Many have been used, neglected, rejected, so our hearts are affected. Sometimes our hearts become contaminated. Um, but you get cool right there. You're like, I've been there. I've done that. I've, I've, I've tried to offer my services, but now I'm tired of it. I just want to stay behind the scenes. I don't want to do anything. I just want to serve the Lord. So in that instance, we, we tend to compromise 
or we become complacent or we start to complain. Is there anybody out there that's familiar with what I'm talking about? Yes, ma'am. If not you, I am. So then we'll say to ourselves, and I'm talking about me, titles don't mean anything. I'm just looking. I'm not looking for a title. I don't need to be seen. I just want God. I'll be a janitor. I'll clean the bathroom as long as I can be in the house of the Lord or get closer to him. That's in our attempt to remain humble or to maintain our spirit of humility. But let me let you know something today. I want to help somebody out. Your season of being the cleanup woman is over. I'm going to say that again, just in case you didn't hear me. I want to talk to those in the back. Your season of being the cleanup woman is over in your home, in the workplace, in ministries, and even at play. Ephesians 4 and 11 says this. He said, I gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. But here's what's happening in the body of Christ. We've set limits on God and we refuse to move beyond the small limitations. So we're not fully functioning because we have a wrong mindset. So God is saying today that we need to set our minds, direct your mind to and keep focused habitually seeking for the proper position to fulfill God's will for your life and others. Because you do know that if you're not operating in your purpose or heading down that road of destiny, you are interfering with someone else's purpose and destiny. We are called to others and others are called to us. So I want to talk about a movie called The Transformers or a cartoon. In this movie, there's one called Optimus Prime. There's another called Bumblebee. They transform themselves from Autobots or vehicles to fighting machines to defeat the Decepticons. I'm trying to see if I have some transformed people in my earshot today. One of the um, Decepticons is called Shatter. It's a main antagonistic person against Bumblebee. Now Bumblebee is a small, and he's one of the weaker Transformers, but his heart is huge and he shows great bravery on the battlefield. But Shatter and her partner Dropkick, they have a task to do. And that is hunting down and executing the Autobots. But here's the thing I love about the Transformers. When they're pushed against the wall or something comes to prod them or to, to, to cause a dis-ease in them, they then will turn into what's called the Transformers. You do know in our life, there's something out there that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. They're like the Decepticons, but you have to transform like Bumblebee and shatter insecurities, weaknesses, doubt, and fear that tries to grip us. Or you can choose to be like David. And I love this saying that I created, that if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. And I know it comes from O.J. Simpson, but here I want you to, to receive this as if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. What are you saying? What I'm saying is in order to overthrow your Goliath with the armor, you have to find yourself in an armor that's been tried and proven. King Saul meant well. It worked for him in many battles. It had been tried and proven by him, but it didn't fit David. Saul was a winner. He meant well, but guess what? It's one thing to be a winner, and it's a different thing. It hits different when you have the mind 
and the heart of a champion. There's a difference. Sometimes people will mean well. They give you advice. Sometimes they offer you a hand. Um, it, it's just not for you. The advice is not for you. The assignment is not for you. Leaving your spouse is not for you. But sometimes people will give us that advice. They may, they may give us advice based upon their experience. And it may not be from a, a pure place or, or, or their motives may not be pure for you. And so once we receive that advice, we tend to move forward with that advice and it, it can create deception. It can create a destruction in our lives. So what I have to say to you today is just stick with your five stones and your sling. Those things you have proven, stick with that. A praying woman has a set mind. She prepares. What am I talking about? We have to command our day because we have to understand that misery loves company. I was dealing with a customer um, one day at work and this young lady, she came in to return some items. But according to our policy, if you don't have your receipt or the tax to the merchandise, we can refuse the return. So this lady was giving one of my cashiers grief. So as a manager, one of my tasks is to make sure there is no hostility in the workplace, whether that's for our customers or for the associates. And so as I he heard this lady, I tried to allow the associate to deal with the situation the best way she knew how. But because I had commanded my day and I decided that I wasn't going to fall prey to the buffoonery, I quickly stepped over and I said to her, take the items that do not have the receipt and the tag, place it aside and continue to process what has. And so the lady, she used gross profanities and she was dropping a lot of F-bombs. So I simply just took over the case and just told her, um, we cannot return it, bottom line, we won't return it. And she left. Well, the next day she came in and she was in greater, you know, uh, infueled. So she continued to curse and carry on. And I said to her, I said, yesterday you came in and you were explaining the policy. I'm going somewhere with this story. And I told her, I said, so here's the thing. Now my, my job here is to make sure there's no toxicity in this environment and there's no hostility in the, in the workplace and that our customers receive fast and friendly checkout. And that's what we're trying to do. We don't come here to be harassed or to be spoken to ill of. And so what I'm gonna ask you to do is now leave the store. So she went on to tell me about how her daughter was sick and in the hospital. And you know I empathized with that, but at the same time, I continued to command my day. And I told her that we won't receive this. We're not going to deal with this. You can take the merchandise and you can leave. So now I have the authority to now cancel the return. So what I'm saying here is 1 Peter 1 and 13 says that we are to wherefore gird up the loins of our mind, which means we are to prepare our minds for action. Now I could have just, you know, uh, felt fallen prey to what she was trying to do and that's to draw me into a place of misery. But what I decided to do was to tuck in the foolishness. I decided to tuck in the, the profane language that she was speaking. And I decided to keep my mind sober and set. And so she was not able to pull me out of character or cause my integrity to be diminished. And so we have to gird up our loins or our minds, prepare our minds for action, being sober or disciplined in spirit and hope to the end 
for the grace that is brought to her, unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So then the other customers start to saying to me, um, I like the way you handled that. That was, you did that very professionally. Um, you didn't get out of sort. And she was able to be removed because she was holding up the line as well. So the ver verse four says, all, 14 also says, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. Now, my grandma used to say that I, I, I would have slapped her into tomorrow. And that's what my old self would have felt like doing to this woman was slapping her into tomorrow or slapping the fire out of her. And some of you all understand what I'm saying, but because of the girding of the mind, I was able to stay calm, cool, and collected. Verse 15 says to be holy in all manner of conversations. Now, women, here's where we miss the mark. A lot of times we go to gossiping or we go to calling different people, uh, anyone who's willing to answer their phone to hear us spat out about what has disheartened us, what has uh, caused us to feel some type of way. But the Bible tells us that we are to be holy in all manner of conversation. It says, be ye holy for I am holy. I'm here to tell you today that God is calling us back to a place of holiness. We are to gather up our thoughts, guard our thinking, and not permit our minds to wander from the truth. Not your truth or their truth, but the truth of God's word. Oftentimes we'll say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm walking in my truth or I'm going to stand in my truth. And your truth can be all the way wrong. So a girded up mind is one that is ready for action and not easily influenced by the ungodly set mind. So this woman had an ungodly set mind. She was determined to pull someone out of the place that God would have them. So this is our test. So those who are have an ungodly set mind that are around us, and we, we shouldn't be moved or unsettled by unbiblical false doctrines or teachings and hostile worldly or fleshly views. An unset mind is an unset or unsettled heart. It throws us off balance. For example, our car. When you drive your car with potholes or speed bumps or just a normal wear of the car, at some point in time, that car is going to need an alignment. If, if it's not checked or done, then what will happen is the tires will become worn and you can cause further uh, damage to your vehicle if it goes unchecked. So we're gonna go into point number two. We know we have to reset and then we need to be realigned or re we need alignment. Jeremiah 17 and 19 says the heart, I believe it's 19, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know the heart? Proverbs 4 and 23 says that we should guard our heart with diligence for from it springs, uh, from it flows springs of life or the issues of life. Um, many of us are guarding our mouth. We guard our tongue. We guard our ear gate. But some of us have failed to guard our heart. So we are to put no confidence in our flesh or a way of thinking, our way of thinking. For there is a way that seems right to us, but in the end thereof, it's a way of destruction or death. So sometimes we can feel that what we're doing is right or how we're responding to situations is right. In our heart, we really feel that we're doing the right thing. But in the end, it leads to destruction. So here's what I try to do. And here's what I would suggest that you do. There's a search warrant, a biblical search warrant, and it's found in Psalms 19 and 14. 
And it goes like this. It says, let the words, it says, uh, search my heart, O Lord, and know me. And so, and, and see if there be anything in me found that is wicked. And, and that's what we ought to position ourselves to do is to ask the Lord to search us, to search our hearts and to see if there's any wickedness or wicked ways or wicked thought processes that are within us so that we can put on the way everlasting. We want to let our, the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, in the sight of God, who is our rock and our redeemer. That word meditation here means a murmuring of our heart. So there's different conversations. It's not so much what comes out of your mouth oftentimes, but it's the conversation that your heart may have. So we're talking about the whole man or the whole woman. The mouth is our outward conversation and our heart is the inward conversation. So this is why when we give our life to Christ, we are to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart because you can confess out of your mouth, but if you don't believe Jesus Christ died and he rose, then it's a contradiction there. So I'm gonna come back to um, the words that we speak having being important because I'll segue into that at the latter part into prayer. So our words that we speak are very important. The words we speak affect our heart. The Greek word for heart is cardiac. That is where we get the English word cardiac. It means the thoughts or feelings and it refers to our mind. So when I'm talking about a set mind, I'm, all, I'm talking about the setting of our heart as well. Oftentimes in scripture, our heart refers to our thoughts, the feelings and our mind. Words affect our heart in so many different ways. It'll affect our feelings, it affects our desires, it has a, an affection on our uh, affections, our perceptions, our imaginations, and our understanding. Words can cause grief and it can cause joy. Words can even affect our conscience. If the people that you're associated with are negative or they're bad influence, they will not speak words that will line up with God's words and ultimately your heart will be affected. Hence the need that we need a realignment. I was reading an article the other day where it said the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only army that shoots its wounded. And that was from an article from Faith Freedom with the word, um, the subtopic was talking about the words of our mouth. And oftentimes it's the words that come out of our mouths or the mouth of others that cause wound or cause damage to others. So one thing we can do is we need to meditate on the word daily to reset our minds and to realign our minds because this is going to repair our hearts. As you read the word, the word will read you and there will be a washing of the word to wash you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. We are to let the Lord execute that divine search warrant as in Psalms 31. Again, ask the Lord, search me, O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts and see if there be in any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Number three, we are to stop making it difficult to do. Sometimes we'll say, but I just can't do it. I tried to do it. I tried to forgive. I tried to move past it. When we ought to remember that the word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So stop re rehearsing it. Stop revisiting that place of hurt or disappointment or rejection, that place of abandonment, that place of betrayal or denial. 
Sometimes it's meant to protect us. I'll share with you a story. My mom, she called her brother and she was calling him to borrow $2 for a BC powder. So her sister called her back and she called to tell her that he said, no, he didn't have the $2, which indeed he did. But somehow my mom never answered the phone and somehow my aunt was talking uh, with, with my uncle and she didn't realize that the, the voicemail, my mom's voicemail had kicked in. And so the entire conversation that the two had was diminishing my mom's character. It was destroying her integrity. They were saying a lot of mean uh, things about her. And she was devastated once she heard the voicemail. But what my mom did was she rehearsed this thing over and over. She revisited this thing over and over. She refused to delete that voicemail. And every time she got someone on the phone, she spoke about how, how bad this thing hurt her, the conversation of her older brother and her younger sister talking about her over just $2 for BC powder, which he had. She couldn't get over it. But guess what? She could if she chose to, if she set her mind to do it. So I'm asking you today, what are you confessing? What is that thing that you keep rehearsing or you keep revisiting from a place of hurt, disappointment, rejection, or what have you? You may be saying to yourself, it, it, it stings. It, it's too hard for me to move past it. But you have to reset, realign, and move beyond it. And you can do all things through Christ Jesus. And so I want you to think about uh, David. The Bible says that one thing about him, he was a man after God's own, God's own heart. And one thing he did was it was because he was quick to repent. First John 1 and 9 says that if we confess our sins, not the sins of somebody else, but if we confess our sins or our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins or our faults and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then, and then in this case, when we do this, we're telling the truth and we're gonna shame the devil. So why do we do this? So that our prayers availeth much. And so we're going into that second section of prayers, a praying woman. It is necessary if there is to be healing, even if there's no sickness, we have to confess our faults one to another and pray one for another that we may be healed. That's what the scripture says. And uh, we often re we, we recite the latter part that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. But if we don't do the first part, the, the beginning of that, that, that um, scripture, then our prayers can't avail much. Then there's unrighteousness that's still left in us. Then there's still leavening that's going to leaven the lump. And so a woman with a set mind, that, that prayer is, it avails much. It has great power. It produces wonderful results. Um, it, it, it brings forth an accomplishment of what it set out to do. And so I hope that you're getting something thus far. I want you in closing, um, as I close, we, we talked about the resetting. We talked about um, the realigning. And um, I want you to understand that it, even in all of this, um, we have to recognize, we have to discern that which is undiscernible. We have to be persistent and in pursuit of. We are to pray for our leaders in this time so that we can live a peaceful life with them. Sometimes we have to understand that there are some souls out there that the Lord may um, place an evil spirit on to see just how submitted you may be or to see how loyal you may be. 
David was chased. David was, was, was uh, hunted down by the very person he served, but he didn't change. He still maintained reverence and, and uh, um, that reverential fear towards the king. And he still served him as if he was serving unto the Lord. And that's where we have to be today. That's the mindset we have to have. Um, James says that when we pray, uh, we ask and we do not receive because we ask amiss and that we spend time, that we may spend time on our pleasures. That means that we're asking with the wrong motive or for selfish reasons. Only the Holy Spirit can know what is good for us. We can try to convince God that our righteous acts should shield us from the natural laws of the land or from consequences of our choices or those choices of others, or even the trials that God uses to tailor us or to refine us. We're praying amiss when we pray prayers like, teach me, um, you know, Lord, strengthen my husband um, that he may keep have eyes just for me. Um, instead of saying, Lord, teach me how to be the wife you call me to be. Um, instead of, you know, putting our eyes or focusing on the other person and their flaws or their shortcomings, zero in on yourself and have the Lord to show you what he will have you to do. And so these are prayers that we pray amiss when we're praying, trying to get God to do something in someone else's life, when he may have them going through those things, or he may have them uh, experiencing certain things, uh, circumstances, so that he can do a work in their lives. But because it's now we consider it to be affecting us, we tend to pray that the Lord will move those things or change certain things in the lives of others. Study, um, you study all day long or you, you're, you're working in the ministry uh, like Martha and Mary, where uh, the one was uh, preparing for Jesus to come and the other was yet at his feet. And then you may um, not even be able to prepare a meal for your husband. Each day he comes in, he finds himself having to prepare a meal. And then you wonder why he's straying off or he has eyes for someone else or something else. Could it be that you're not tending to the duties that God has given you to do. And that's out of order. God has for us to love on him and yet yeah, to study, to show ourselves approved unto him, but he didn't give us all day to do that. God doesn't have to take all day or, or long to do what he needs to do in our lives. And so then in the interim, you're then neglecting your duties or your role as a wife. Even in ministry, sometimes we move from place to place. We're assisting as co-laborers in Christ or covenant partners. And we don't have time. We're, we're so weary. Um, we come weary in well-doing because we've stretched ourselves too thin. And so then we start to pray and ask the Lord to sort out our schedule. And so there we're praying amiss. We're praying because God wouldn't even have you to do some of the things that you're doing. Those may be great opportunities, but they may not be godly assignments. So one of the aspects of praying amiss is praying for things that are not expedient for us. That means that it may be good for you. It may be good to you, but not good for you. So sometimes we pray for things, um, but in the timing or in the season of our lives, it may not be good for us, but it, yet it may be good to us. Some may be wanting to be relieved from their job to go into full um, entrepreneurship. 
um, that may be a good thing for you. But right now it may not be expedient for you. It may not be good for you. And so I want to leave you with this thought. We talked about the four women in the beginning. We talked about the spiritual woman. We talked about the social woman. We talked about the sensual woman. And we talked about the silly woman. I want to talk about a different woman. And when I close, I want you to leave you with thinking, which woman are you? There's a woman in the Bible called Rispa. The word from in Hebrew means hot coal. It serves as a catheterization for the wounded or the infected. It was symbolic for cleansing or a cry of repentance or to be cleansed. I believe this woman was considered to be a sterile woman. That's the woman I want to be, an uncommon woman, not a woman that's common with the culture, but a woman that's uncommon, a woman that's a praying woman, a woman with a set mind. Is that your desire today? We are to pray and pray fervent prayers once we confess our sins one to another. But here's what's happened in society. Many of us, us have trust issues. We've trusted people with our nakedness or with our dirty laundry. And it's been preached across the pulpit or somebody has made a post and they'll say that this is not talking about anyone. I'm just talking about myself or they throw it out there on social media to say that, I'm just trying to get a response from the general public when in all essence, they're now spreading your dirty laundry. Somewhat, they may seem like it's undercover uh, covertly, but it's overt. Um, so we see that, you know, when these things happen, these things hurt and it causes us to put develop walls. It causes us to then go back and retreat to that place of hiding. It causes us to be in a place where we no longer want to share or we no longer, we start to suppress those things that need to be revealed, those things that need to be confessed because confessing is not just to one another, but confessing is all to, also to our heavenly father so that our sins are, are then, we're cleansed of those sins and he can cast them in the sea, never to remember, remember them again. He's not like man who will constantly bring up uh, those things that you've done in your past to you. Um, so we are to, continue to uh, walk in that way of the uncommon woman, uh, the woman that is sterile, the woman that is holy, the woman that has a set mind to do the things that God has called us to do, to pray according to his will, not to pray soulish prayers or selfish prayers, those prayers that have no power, those prayers that don't avail much. And so in closing, you know, we want to allow God to reset us realign us and give us a recognition of the things that need to be discerned and not discerned to give us the authority to persist and pursue. And so I leave with you today that you are next. It's your time, it's your season. And it's time for us to stand firm as women and not just women, but praying women with a set mind. I hope that you received something from this teaching today. Um, we realized with RISPA, if you don't know the story, um, there was a famine in the land and it was not lifted until after David released the sacrifices of burial, um, therefore assuming the command to properly bury the dead. Some of us need to bury some of these dead issues. 
Rispa was a fighting woman. She was a praying woman. But guess what? The Bible says that she was beautiful. She was a concubine. That means that she was not the main woman, but she was a side chick. Some of us has, have been the side chick and we understand what that feels like. Um, she was, but she had a mind, a set mind. Um, the, the, the Bible tells us that she stayed over the bodies and get this, her sons were murdered because of the actions and the deeds of someone else's sins. It was nothing that they caused upon themselves. Have you ever been crucified or beaten down because somebody else did something or persecuted because someone else's actions and you decided that you didn't want to pray. You gave up, you gave in. But I'm here to encourage you to be like Rispa. Be uncommon. Be that woman that is steadfast. That woman that is sterile. And continue to pray through the things that are before you. Allow the dead things to be buried. They need a proper burial. It is a big deal. You may say it's not, but it is a big deal. Because a wounded heart cannot receive what God has for it. She sat there from April to October. So sometimes it may take a little time. You may not get over it overnight. You may not get over it in a second. It may take months. It may take some time. But if you allow the Lord to set your mind, to purify your, your hands and give you a clean heart, it's doable because we can do all things through Christ Jesus. She left uh, feeling um, the emotions and the hurt of what happened to her sons. But it, the, the animals, uh, the wild beasts, the birds, I believe it was vultures that were trying to pick at the dead uh, car, uh, corpses, they couldn't get back. The Bible says that she fought it off. And so I'm, I'm here to tell you that there may be some times where you have to fight off the thoughts that come up in your mind that want to hold you hostage in that place. God is trying to move you into the new season that we are embarking upon. Let go and let him do it. Be blessed in the Lord. And as I close out, I pray that this word will confirm some things for you. It will confer some things for others. And I pray that it will confine some things in your heart, mind, and soul. I pray that you will be that woman that will continue to pray through things um, we pray with, but God is teaching us how to pray through some things. There are some thorns that are in our sides that you may have prayed about for God to remove it time and time again, like the apostle Paul. But sometimes prayer won't move the thorn. Uh, Jesus could not have the assignment aborted, but he later said, not thy will, but your will, Lord. And he went ahead and went to the cross so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. So as I close, continue to have a set mind, allow your mind to be reset not conforming to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of it. Allow the Lord to do a work in you and to realign you, putting you back into that place. Some of us have redefined or we are saying we're reinventing ourselves. Anything that's re reinvented is not um, in its original form. And so that means we shun what God has placed in us. We, we fall, but we get back up. And so as I leave you with this, know that you are next. You are next for a miracle. You are next to receive your peace back. You are next to receive your joy back. You are next to receive your health and wholeness back. You are next to have a sound mind in him. Be blessed and have a wonderful day.
Dr. Brown, thank you so much. I know I've, I've been blessed by everything that you shared on today. And I just want to thank you again, because I was that um, one that wanted to retreat and go hide. And then um, I just want to thank you for, because I, I almost shut all this down. I wasn't going to have the workshops. I was not going to go forth. And I just want to thank you for reaching out to me and uh, your words, your prayer. Um, I just thank you. I, I really do. I'm so appreciative of you in my life. I thank God for you. Um, I shared um, with uh, one of our other speakers, well, two of our other speakers, that um, every one of the speakers uh, with for the mindset workshops, all of you are God connections. Uh, I'm just thankful to have uh, women of God like you yourself and uh, Tanisha. She had to leave. Um, but uh, Minister Baker that was on last week, I'm just so grateful for each and every one of you. So I just wanna thank you. And I wanna give um, anyone else the opportunity if you want to um, ask Dr. Brown any questions, if you have anything to say, I just wanna open the floor for that as well. Okay. Okay. Um... Dr. Brown, do you um, want to say anything else? Uh, we got Chris. Um, let me see. She is saying it was an absolute blessing to attend these workshops. And thank you to all the speakers. Thank you, Chris. Um, and Ms. Porter, she said, good teaching. God bless you. And um, Ms. Porter, is this the link for the event in September? Okay, I think she dropped off as well. Okay, so Ms. Porter, she's having um, Women in the Bible series in September. I believe it's the 17th through the, let me just see it really quickly. And she posted a link in the chat. If anyone is interested in coming on, I will be speaking on that Wednesday. Uh, let me see when that is, September. Yes, the... 13th through the 18th, I believe that is, if I'm not mistaken. But the link is there in the chat. Um, yeah, and Chris and Bridget and so Ms. Clemens have been our regulars. So I wanna thank you guys for coming on and supporting. And I pray that you all been touched by each speaker that has come on. Um, Dr. Brown, if you have nothing else to share with us, um, I just want to thank you again. I'm going to be reaching out to you um, shortly if you have some time to speak with me. Um, and I want to um, wish you a happy um, belated birthday. Thank you. Um, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hope you enjoyed your time. And Chris had a birthday as well. And Chris, she got baptized about two weeks ago. I was able to go and support her. So that's just that's amazing. awesome. Yes yes, yes. yes. Truly amazing. And I know God is going to continue to do great things in your life, Chris. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just grateful. I'm thankful. Um, just happy for the push <laughs> from Dr. Brown is to have these workshops. It, I've been getting a lot of great feedback from every um, speaker, everything that um, God has allowed you all to share. And I know lives have been changed. And Amen. Well, I just want to um, quickly, I uh, have another, um, I have a funeral. I've been uh, 
funeral after funeral um, and yes, I have to rush out. But I just okay. want to um, thank you for the invitation. I'm humble at the invite. Um, and I, I want to continue to encourage you uh, to hear from God and to move yes, in obedience. Um, truly, this is God, God ordained. Yes, um, because as I stated, um, the word tells us in Ephesians that some are called. Um, we have the pastors who are fully functioning. Um, when I say that, I mean that that's been one of the um, operating offices that has functioned for many years, whereas the, the proclamation of the gospel is there. The teacher, the Bible said, was absent for a period of time. And these um, sessions that you are doing, these different workshops, this is all about teaching the body of Christ. We can be given the word, but now we need to know what to do with it. Yes, how do we use it? How do we apply it to our lives? And um, how do we overcome certain situations? How do we navigate through um, certain uh, difficult times? And we are in perilous times. And so it's much needed. So the Lord is awakening the teacher. He's awakening that, uh, releasing a teacher's anointing upon his people so that we are able to learn of him and to learn how to navigate uh, properly throughout life. Um, the Bible has so many different um, examples that we can learn from. We all are going through something. Um, if, if you're not, I don't know if you're on the right side because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he will see us out of them all. So yes, continue ma'am. to stay steadfast, uh, doc, unmovable, mm-hmm. always abounding in the works of the Lord. Uh, see not their faces, uh, but dis- discern the spirit. We know the story about Jesus Christ when Peter meant well, and there are people who will mean well and mean not well, but don't, don't, don't kill the messenger. Don't kill the person standing before you, uh, slaughter the spirit behind it. Um, put the word on it because that's what Jesus Christ did. He saw Peter as his disciple, but yet and still, and this is for somebody else on here too, as well. He saw him, but he didn't, he didn't challenge Peter. He said, get thee hence Satan because he saw that he came forth through Peter. And he said, you can only know these things except the spirit have revealed it to you. So you continue doing what God has called you to do and continue to be submissive and, and loyal to where God has planted you. And, and, and you'll see the fruit of your labor. Um, you should already be seeing it. And so I wanna thank you again. I want to thank each and every participant. Um, you, you could have decided to do anything else on this beautiful Saturday morning, um, but you were here and I hope and I pray that there was something, if, if, if anything, that you were able to get out of it. So again, thank you so much and God bless you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. I'll be reaching out to you later today sometime. Okay. Thank Take you. Care. You too. I want to thank everybody for joining again. I will be getting out the recording either later tonight or tomorrow to everyone. Uh, Just be blessed. Stay um, connected to God no matter what you do. Have an amazing day.